Week one is officially in full swing with the Bills pulling the week one upset over the Los Angeles Rams. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio. I'm Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros. We have a lot planned for you guys tonight. We're going to talk about opening night and give some takeaways from that matchup. We're going to talk about the rest of the week one matchups and pick which ones are the most intriguing. We're going to touch on Lamar Jackson ending his contract talks with Baltimore without any explanation, without any contract. We're going to get into some fantasy football coverage as well. And joining us to cover all of this special guest, Aaron Wise. Aaron, welcome to the show. Why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Okay, so Ozzy, my name's Aaron Wise, and uh, I'm from Illinois, and um, I'm a big Jet fan, and um, I'm really, I'm really uh, excited to be on the show. Definitely, man. We, uh, I don't think we've had, yes, we've had one Jets fan on before, personal friend of ours, and he's about as big of a homer of a Jets fan as it gets, and he's always, he's always looking to talk about his Jets. Is is that kind of how what you're like? Very very passionate about your team or, or are you like what how, how are you feeling about about your uh, about your jets this season okay so this season for me as a jet fan i'm actually i'm actually optimistic about my team like honestly i, th- I think the jets community could do something but we just gotta i don't know like i mean everybody doesn't hope that zach wilson's out for like Four more weeks now because like Robert Sala, he was kind of like dodging, he was kind of trying to dodge questions while I really telling the media what was actually was going on until Wednesday. I don't know why he waited to Wednesday finally to tell the media that uh that Zach was not gonna play on week one, which I already kind of knew he wasn't. I was kind of preparing for Joe Flacco, which honestly though, I'm I'm not I'm not mad that Joe Flacco started. I'm actually kind of excited to see him starting. I think I think having Joe Flacco as a starter will give us like like a little more better chance to win than Mike White because Mike I mean Mike White he's all right but he doesn't have an arm so like we we're very limited with Mike White we can't really like yeah. push the ball down the field we had to, we, had to, we literally had to play like the either immediate game or the short passing game but with Flacco we basically just open the whole playbook with him and yeah. and now that too he's very familiar with the whole AFC North division like he uh. Uh, obviously, obviously, he was in Baltimore. So, you know, for like from his rookie year for like I think it was like ten years. I don't exactly remember. And then, and after the Ravens, that he plays the Browns, Bengals, and maybe the Steelers. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what's going on with with Zach Wilson's knee. But that's basically my take on it. All right. Well, we'll see how things go there. Uh, they're going to be starting without Zach Wilson in Week One. They'll be going with Joe Flacco. Uh, but in the meantime, so we will get to your Jets, and we'll get and you can talk all about them and what you what what you think, uh, how you think they're going to do this season. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to talk about opening night. So the Bills beat the Los Angeles Rams thirty-one to ten, and Matt Stafford not his best game. So one touchdown, three interceptions, sixty-three passer rating. Uh, was sacked seven times. Meanwhile, Josh Allen had himself a game, 297 yards, three touchdowns to two picks, 112 passer rating. So, guys, we'll start with you, Aaron. What is one 
what's the biggest takeaway you have from this matchup? So, so the biggest takeaway is that the Bills they can play with any team on any given night. Um, they're like they're very they're very like they're a very explosive team on offense and defense. They could uh, they have a lot of good guys out there. They got Micah Hyde. They got Tre'Davious White, which I don't believe he played last night. Yeah, no, he didn't. He was on the pup list. And and they got the new linebacker linebacker that was on the Rams last year, Von Miller, who who uh, made himself who made himself known last night. Got a sack in Stafford. But um, so like I I think I think the big I think the more bigger takeaway is that I think the Bills are actually a legitimate Super Bowl contending team. All right, yeah, I I mean the Bills, the last two matchups essentially was so. They they hung around with the Chiefs and they nearly beat them with Gabriel Davis nearly just putting the team on his back along with Josh Allen. They did it again uh, during the, during this past game. So yeah, that's a good take. Honestly, they that team really can hang around with anybody, and they proved tonight that they were they're Super Bowl contenders. But CJ, what do you think? Uh, I personally believe that this matchup says a lot more about Buffalo than it does about LA. This basically cements Buffalo as, you know, we say, oh, the division is theirs to lose, the conference. No, no, no. At this point in time, maybe it's a bit of an overreaction, but you could say the whole thing. Perhaps the Super Bowl is theirs to lose. They're the odds-on favorite going in, and they showed it by absolutely thrashing the reigning champs. And that defense was scary. They frustrated Matt Stafford all game. They stuffed Cam Akers. Uh, And let's talk about that Rams defense. Aaron Donald was kept pretty quiet. Bobby Wagner got embarrassed when Josh Allen leapt over him for a touchdown. And Jalen Ramsey was burned like a piece of toast. I just Buffalo is going to be a scary team. And And since we're all fans of AFC East teams... I could tell you I personally am not looking forward to playing them. Now, I just I'm eager to see if they can keep it up and maybe uh like I said perhaps later in like February take their first Super Bowl, but they started off on the right foot. Yeah, so I I got to agree there. It says a lot more about the Bills than it does the Rams. See, the Ram, the thing with See, the thing with uh the thing with the Bills is their their Achilles heel going into it, at least projected, is their secondary. So Tredavious White is coming off an ACL tear, and uh, I'm forgetting I'm forgetting the name of their number two corner, but they lost him to free. They lost Levi him to Wallace. yeah Levi Wallace. They lost him to free agency. So like yeah, they have a pretty good uh, second. Uh, they have a pretty good um, I'm forget uh, safety core, mm-hmm. but. Their, their corners is is not looking that good. But last night they proved that maybe that won't matter so much because their front seven absolutely dominated dominated tonight against a offensive line that's generally pretty good. Von Miller got two sacks. The team in general the team as a whole got seven sacks. They got to Matthew Stafford seven times and forced two picks. And did they get any? Did they get any turn? Any? I fumbles? think it was three. Picks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- I'm sorry. Three, three picks. So, I quote, and Tre'Davious White's going to be back. So I question whether or not they even need the depth at all. 
because they were able to they were able to do what they were able to do without really having much in that secondary. I thought that I thought the Bills were going to be toast in this game. I did. I had the Rams and I thought it was mainly because of the secondary. It was going to be a glaring hole this uh tonight. It really wasn't. I mean, Cooper Cup got got some yards. He got a touchdown, but there's only so much he can do uh just by himself, especially when Matt Stafford isn't having the best game of his career. And credit to the the Bills front seven for that. And help is going to be on the way for the Bills when uh, when Tre'Davious White comes back. So that is definitely something that that rose my eyebrows like a lot. Like this is going to be a really good Bills defense to complement what's already been a great Bills offense. And I'll give another takeaway since no one mentioned Gabriel Davis. This kid is really looking like something, isn't he? So, th- I mean, this guy, he's a touchdown machine. He's always open. He gets yard. He gets yards. This guy's looking, and he's young too. So he's looking like a true wide receiver too in that offense. And it could eventually, and maybe I'm turning into a little bit of a homer looking at this, but perhaps he could be a wide receiver one. Maybe not theirs because they have Stephon Diggs, but like a wide receiver one caliber player, something like that down the road. Maybe I want to pump the brakes. You don't, you, you typically don't want to w- overreact to uh, week one, but I mean, he's looked pretty good the past few games he's played in the past few actual meaningful games, not preseason the past few games he's shown up in big moments. So like that's huge for that offense that looked like where people were wondering who do they have past Stephon Diggs? I'll tell you who they have past him. They have they have Gabriel Davis. They have Dawson Knox. Now that and they also have Jamison Crowder. They have Ian McKenzie. They have more past him. But they needed that wide receiver too. And it looks like Gabriel Davis is that guy. And he showed that last night. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I got I got some add to in this game. So so as as I saw some bits, as I saw some uh some of the game little last night. It just seems that the Bills, they just seem just like way more hungrier and more of a chip on their shoulder than the Rams do because the Rams, they just won the Super Bowl. So they're probably just like probably in that celebration phase probably still yet. So they're probably like trying to, you know, trying to get the get the cobwebs off while the Bills, they just lost like a heartbreaking game. So I, I think I think the Bills just seem more motivated to to make a statement and, and to the lead that we're still we're still here. You know what I mean? Yeah, that that is a possibility that they're that the bill the bills do have something to prove. They have a chip on their shoulder, and not they didn't lose just one heartbreaker. They lost another one the the year prior to the same team. So they really have something to prove, and they've all they've already kind of improved over this off season. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good point, honestly. But I mean, I think we can all agree the the Rams are going to be fine. Like they have top to bottom, they have a really good team. They're gonna beat. They're gonna beat the teams they need to beat, and they're gonna beat some good teams as well. Just the Bills are a team that's that's out for blood, really. Team that has something to prove. So that that is a good point. Um, one thing. I'll, one thing I also wanted to look at was the bu- Buffalo's rushing situation, because go, looking at the this off season, looking at how the players were looking at during training camp and preseason. We thought they finally solved their rushing issues. But yet again, 
Josh Allen was their lead rusher with 56 yards on 10 carries and a touchdown. And we thought, and you guys thought James Cook was going to emerge as, I, I mean, I sure, I sure thought he would. He would emerge as that lead guy. Nope. Nope, not at all. He had one carry, two yards, a fumble. So give him some time, I would say, because it's only week one. You don't want to overreact. But if Devin Singletary and Zach Moss are your two best running backs, then you might be a little in trouble there yet again because that has been a glaring problem for the Bills in the past few in the past few seasons where they've looked like a contending team, but they just weren't able to take that next step because they're so one-dimensional. I really believed in James Cook, and I still do. I think he can figure things out, but it's a little bit of a problem that he he only took one snap, got one carry, two yards, fumble. That's about as bad of a, a debut as it can get, isn't it? Just so that's a little bit that's a little bit worrisome for me. Give it some time, but something to monitor. Yeah, I, yeah, Adam, uh, I, I 100% agree. And uh, I wasn't really that high on James Cook coming out of Georgia, and I didn't, and I didn't think he was going to light it up like a lot of people thought he would. And but I don't think if you're Buffalo, it's necessarily time to panic yet. I mean, you know, a lot of good players have had really rough debuts. Yeah, like I said, you just got to give it some time. I like James Cook. I think he's going to be a solid player. He's not going to he may not be Dalvin Cook but I I think he's going I think he's going to do something um something other than one carry and fumble the ball after 2 yards but like he, he's he's got he, like just with the way that uh just with the way that Zach Moss has been carrying the ball Devin Singletary they're all decent backs like they're okay but you need better than that especially with an offense as high powered as this, you need a little more balance because somebody's going to to learn how to stop that passing attack. Somebody's going to going to slow it down. And it's going to come down to how you can run the ball. And if you are if those guys who are going to be running the ball or are Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, you're in a bit of trouble. And I just wish that James Cook can really step up and be that guy. Maybe not Dalvin Cook, but at least maybe let's say 60, 70% of, of what Dalvin Cook is. Then you have a viable rushing attack. But with what you have right now, um, do, but do you guys have any other takeaways? So I kind of gave, gave three right there. Gabriel Davis, the, rant, the Bills front seven, the, uh, the Bills rushing game. What about, what about with the Rams? I know it said a lot about the Bills, but what about the Rams? Well, what I think about the Rams is that I feel like I feel like I don't know. I I, th- I think I think part of the, I think the part of the reason why they lost yesterday is because they got like a whole bunch of new players, like star players. So so they're still probably trying to gel. Because Allen Robinson, he was basically like a no show. You only had like one catch, for like twelve yards. So I think I think that's probably had to do with it. But uh, yeah, Matthew Stafford, he just he just didn't look. He didn't look like a Super Bowl like quarterback last night. He he looked like he looked like he was like still in that honeymoon phase. Just like I don't know. He just he just didn't look right. He had one of those Stafford games where he just throws a bunch of picks and and it's over. But that's basically that's basically all I got with the Rams. Yeah, that's kind of the mm-hmm. same here. 
Like I th- like it really doesn't say much about the Rams. Like I think they're going to be okay, but like I don't know. Like there's not I mean the Bills just punched came in there and punched them in the mouth. And I I'd, I'd like to see how how things how things go for both teams going forward. Uh, but we do need to change gears. I want to get to some of the the rest of the week 1 matchups coming up here. Um, we're all go- each of us are going to touch on one matchup that intrigue intrigues us us the most going into week one that'll be next don't go anywhere this is the fumble ruski podcast Welcome back. You're listening to the Fumble Ruski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio. I'm Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros, special guest Aaron Wise. All right, we're going to get into the rest of week one. So we kind of dissected our opening night here with Bills Rams. So I want to get into the rest of the matchups and kind of preview what's about to come. So we're each going to touch on the most intriguing matchups. So I'll start with Aaron. So which one are you looking at the most? So I honestly have a Jet fan, so I'm gonna go with the Jets and Ravens. And uh, the reason why I think I think I think this matchup uh, is is the most probably most intriguing is because C.J. Mosley he's gonna be facing his former team, so he's probably gonna have some revenge. Joe Flacco, especially, I think I think he's gonna be really hyped up, get himself nice juiced up right before the game. After uh, back in 2018, we got when you got benched for Lamar Jackson, so I think I think I think it's a chip on his shoulder to make a statement that that he's still like a decent quarterback yet in this league, which he has a chance, which he has opportunity to do uh, this Sunday. I think uh, if I'm gonna be straight honest, yeah, I think I think the Ravens are probably gonna win this game. I, th- I think it's gonna be close up, but I just think the Ravens are gonna win because they're more experienced. They have more experienced coach. They know how to finish games, and. Uh, yeah, so I, I think I think uh, the way how the Jets can win this game is uh, how you want to say it? Uh, is make Lamar Jackson throw the ball. Don't let him run, scramble all over. Like if, if that if that happens, if that happens, it's gonna be a long afternoon. We uh, we need to stop the run and make him throw the ball. If we do that, I think we have a good chance to win this game. But we just let Lamar Jackson get like like ten carries over hundred yards and have his running backs get like. About 100 yards. It's giving me a long afternoon. It's giving me a long afternoon, and the, the defense is on the field way too long, and they're gonna they're gonna give up some big plays. Yeah, and I think the way you keep that defense that uh you keep that offense throwing the ball is that you know the the Jets they have to go in there and they have to throw themselves, get ahead. You know the defense really needs to get to Lamar Jackson and try to try to get him to throw more. Give him you know. If he gets outside of the pocket, I agree. Um, and also, one advantage I would say you guys have the Jets is that you guys have, like your like your Jets don't like. So the the Ravens, um, 
the Ravens running backs are all kind of hurt. Both, uh, both J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards are coming off. Was it both ACL tears? They both oh. tore their, their ACLs, correct? So I thought, I, I thought J.K. Dobbins, I think he might have had Achilles, I think. No, I think it was an ACL. I've, yeah, I've, it, yeah. It, was something, it was something bad. I, I know something season ending that will probably yeah. leak into this season. So that's that's my point is that, you know, especially with running backs, like it's it's going to take some time for them to heal. Uh, but CJ, most intriguing matchup. CJ, you're muted. Oh, thank you. I do it so, all the time, man. Yeah. It's... <laughs> so for me, Adam, the most intriguing matchup has got to be the Rams. Uh, no, no, no. So not the Rams. The Raiders and the Chargers rematch. Now, we all know how the last time at, you know they played together ended, right? You know, Brandon Staley, as the kids say, fumbled the bag and and cost his team the game by calling that foolish timeout where if it ended in a tie, both teams would go to the playoffs, and that you know really ticked off the Raiders, and they went ahead and won. So now you have the Chargers, you know, who had who were like deemed the winners of the offseason. You know, they had that massive spending spree in you know free agency, and they have like all these big names added to their team and a decent draft to boot. And then you have the Raiders who have a new head coach and like a top three receiver in Devontae Adams. And that, you know, is going to be interesting because we all know that the AFC West is the most stacked division. And that could be like an early uh, tell of uh, who might be the team to beat there. Because right now it's literally anyone's race. Yeah, so you picked a you picked a divisional game, and I'm gonna go a similar route and go with uh, the matchup of the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. And the reason for this is because, you know, it's always looked like, for the most part, in that NFC North division, that you just kind of knew that the Packers would come out on top most of the time. There would be a couple of years where it would be, you know, the Bears in 2018 or the Vikings in what was it, 2017. It was 20 yeah, it was 2017. Yeah. And like since then, so this this past offseason was interesting with them. So the the Packers, they came off a heartbreaking loss at home to the 49ers in an in an upset. And then you lose Devontae Adams, your top target. You didn't really replace him with really much. On top of that, you lost your best pass rusher in Zadarius Smith. And looking at the Vikings, that team has improved dramatically, at least on the defensive side of the ball. And their, and their offensive scheme is, do, is bound to improve with a more, more uh, offensive-oriented head coach in Kevin O'Connell. So we're looking at a potential power shift here in the, uh, in the NFC North here. And like... I still wonder, maybe, like, maybe the Packers still have a fighting chance here. They got, they managed to get Aaron Rodgers back. And they're like, they may not be a pout like of the air show, uh, Aaron Rodgers led Packers that they used to have, but they have a couple good running backs in Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon who can uh, turn it. And they have a great defense 
could kind of turn it into a, a defense and running the ball scheme. And then they have Aaron Rodgers uh, game managing. Now, I don't know who in that Packers organization managed to convince Rodgers to take on that role, but props to whoever did that. Whoever pulled that off to get Aaron Rodgers to put his ego aside and say, look, we need you to do this. We're going to pull We're going to work on this scheme, do more of a conservative defense and running the ball. If they can pull that off and actually be competitive and Rodgers is able to, I, I'll, let, I'll get a lot more respect for that guy because he's very statistic uh, stat oriented. So it'd be interesting to see that. And so it's going to be a very competitive game. I just think it's going, it's going to be that type of game. They always are. It's a division of two arch rivals. NFC North rivalries are very tough. So I'm really intrigued to see this. I think it's going to be a good matchup. Oh, yeah. Uh, wait, so I got one thing to add with the Packers and Vikings. Yeah. I think I think personally, I think the Packers can be fine. Uh, I, I just think because, like, uh, it's Aaron Rodgers. Like, he's one of those quarters that he can make – he can make any of his receivers look look good, and maybe potentially turn to like a number one number one wide receiver. I think Alan Lazard. I think I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna have a really good year this year. He just, he just seems like that one receiver that's gonna that's gonna surprise everybody. I think this year. Yeah. Well, C- CJ, you have you have some thoughts. Yeah, it's just, and this is kind of a spoiler, but if you have anyone in your fantasy team, like at least on offense, you know, playing in that Green Bay, uh, uh, you know, Minnesota game, I would say start them because uh, those games are always a shootout and I expect this one to be more of the same. Yeah, so this this will be an interesting one. I can't wait to see it. Um, look, I love Aaron Rodgers and I, I don't love Aaron Rodgers. I don't, I don't like him. I'm more of a Brady guy, but uh, I do respect him. But um, look, I don't, I don't doubt that Aaron Rodgers can make this team better and make him more competitive. Just there's only so much you can do with so few targets. And as a Patriots fan, when I was looking at the 2018 Patriots, the 2019 Patriots, like Brady was all right and they were good, but that 2018 team won on more of a defense and running the ball scheme. And the 2019 team wasn't able, even able to do that. They couldn't win the Super Bowl. They couldn't even get past the wild card round. And then he goes to a team, stack, completely stacked offense with all these weapons. They were able to win the Super Bowl again. So, like, even the most elite of elite quarterbacks need something. They need something. And I just don't think Rodgers has any of that. He has some good weapons on – other parts of the field, they have a great defense that looks like maybe the best I've ever seen the Green Bay Packers at. The, the, ru- the rushing game for them looks awesome. Just their they're defense, they're, uh, they're, 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 throw- they're not going to be an air show. And if they, they're competitive, it's going to be because of other, other reasons than Rodgers throwing the ball. I just think that's just my two cents. Uh, but we do need to get, we need, do need to get moving. And we are going to get to our very first Fumble Rooski Fantasy Fix. So we're going to give you some fantasy football stardom sitems. That's next. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Here's Edelman broken up and the pass is 
Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. Adam Wright here with CJ Medeiros, special guest Aaron Wise. So we've reached our very first Fumble Rooski fantasy fix. We're going to give you fantasy football advice and all of that. Uh, mainly stardom sitems for today because just there's not much else to do for uh, going into week one. But you guys will get your fantasy advice. And uh, shout out to all of you guys who joined the Fumble Rooski Listeners League. You guys will get your shows, your final scores mentioned on our Tuesday episodes. And we'll give you some, like, maybe fantasy PSA, something else there. Um, but for thir- for our Friday episodes, it's just right to do stardom sit-ems. You, that's where, what you guys want going into, your, going into the week. Uh, but without further ado, we'll start out with quarterback. So start, you want to start Matt Ryan at Houston, Jameis Winston at Atlanta. So you want to start those guys for sit-ems for quarterbacks. You want to sit Kirk Cousins versus Green Bay. That Green Bay defense is lethal. And I'm not sure about Kirk Cousins' ability to uh, work his way through that. Also sit Jared Goff versus Philly. Moving on to the running backs. We've got Elijah Moore, who you want to start, along with Rashad Penny. So, excuse me, Elijah, not Elijah Moore, Elijah Mitchell at at Chicago. And then you want to start Rashad Penny versus Denver. Running back sits go with uh, Damian Pierce versus Indy. That's a very, uh, all right, that's a very, that's a very popular start for a lot of people, just I'm not sure about Houston's offensive line and plus going up against Indianapolis. That's a vicious front seven for them. Uh, And sit Ezekiel Elliott versus Tampa. So, um, and then wide receivers, you want to start Michael Pittman at Houston, Deontay Johnson at Cincinnati and sits for wide receivers. You want to sit Amon Ross St. Brown versus Philadelphia and sit Elijah Moore versus Baltimore. Now going on to tight ends, you want to start Cole Komet versus San Francisco, and you want to start Noah Fant versus Denver. Tight end sits. We are going to sit Hunter Henry at Miami, and we're going to sit Pat Fryermuth at Cincinnati. All right, so that has been your Fumble Rooski Fantasy Fix. Up next, we're going to talk, we're going to touch on Lamar Jackson and his contract troubles coming uh starting to you know those are going to it's going to be prolonged for a little bit um so we'll get to that you are listening to the fumble ruski podcast You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Adam Wright, CJ Madero, special guest Aaron Wise. All right, so just this just in, just hours ago, 
Lamar Jackson has ended contract talks with Baltimore for the season. So he gave the deadline of Friday, and they could not get a contract done. So that is it. Done. And they're going to try and figure something out in the offseason when he becomes a unrestricted free agent. So he's going to play on his fifth year on his on the fifth year of his deal and they're going to see if they can get something done but uh so what do you guys think of this deal us uh, or not this uh non-deal i'll start with you aaron okay so this is what i think what i personally think if so if i'm lamar jackson i would i would i would not play until you get the contract done because because it only takes like one hit, one like one hit, like one bad hit, and it can ruin everything, like all your money chances. Because like the way he plays the game, he's not he's not like Tom Brady or like Aaron Rodgers that just sits around the pocket, or maybe even Drew Brees he sits in the pocket and just sling passes. He 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 throws the ball, but he also runs and doesn't really slide really that much. So it's like I don't know. It's just like it's 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 not it's not really a great situation. So if I were, if I was him, I would try like sit. And not play at all until you get the contract done. So then, like that, that'll put more pressure on Baltimore to get it done. Well, that's what I think of the, on on this contract. Yeah, I mean, they he you you have a you have a point there because you know he is a running quarterback and they tend to get prone to injuries. And if they can't get a deal done, then and then he gets hurt, then he's really screwed. Then that he misses his payday. At that point, but uh, CJ, what are your thoughts? <sighs> now, if you've listened to the show before, you know how I feel about running quarterbacks. They're awesome in the short term, but for a long-term solution, uh, I get a little iffy on that. And Lamar, you know, as you know, is coming off an injury, and it will that bleed over into this season? I don't know. But he, when healthy, he is in that upper echelon of quarterbacks. I mean, he's won the MVP for crying out loud. But then you start thinking, uh, well, you know, there's he's going to need a payday. You really don't have too, too much around him on offense other than like Mark Andrews and a carousel of hurt running backs. And I, I under, I'm not saying I agree. But I understand the Ravens' hesitancy to, you know, ink him to a big deal right away. You know, it's just, I mean, they're, they're they have a lot to sort out. They have to get him weapons. They really have to, you know, they're, they're going to have to keep him upright. And I think that you got to get a, a deal done this off season because I don't know how he's going to react playing on the franchise tag. Because make no mistake. This is the NFL. It's the quarterback-driven league. And if your quarterback's unhappy, they will leave. And so for Baltimore, the clock starts ticking now. All right. So looking at this situation, at least through the Ravens' standpoint, I don't think it's as dire as we might think because there's always the franchise tag to extend this thing and give it, give, buy them some more time maybe next off season to get a deal done. And at that point, if you're not able to get a deal done by the end of this, fr that franchise tag, then you might be screwed because there's no way in hell Lamar Jackson is playing under another franchise tag after that. I mean, at that point you're looking at seven years under the, under contract with Baltimore, 
without getting a deal done. At that point, if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm trying, I'm getting my ass out of there. Um, but looking at it from Lamar Jackson, I mean, that's a good point is that like he, he could get hurt at any point and he's already been starting to get uh, a couple injuries in the past couple of seasons. And if he gets hurt and loses, you know, loses all his value, then that's a big problem. That's a big problem for Lamar Jackson. It, it'd be it'd be kind of beneficial for Baltimore in a scummy way, because then they can pay him less. But and then they have all the leverage. But I mean, you can understand why Lamar why Lamar Jackson had so much, uh, why he had he had so much urgency to get something done because you know you never know when you could get hurt. But at, through Baltimore's through Baltimore's eyes, it's not as bad as people might think. I think I think at worst they get a deal done. After this offseason, they play. They slap the franchise tag on him. They figure something out, and then he's a Baltimore Raven for the long term. But I don't know. I just don't see him hitting the open market and then going somewhere somewhere else. I just don't. I don't think he's gonna get. I don't think he's gonna get traded. I think they're gonna figure this out after this offseason, and I think that's what's gonna happen. So yeah, that's like, what's up. Oh, perhaps. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, oh, wait. So like, here's my take on it. So like. I got another take on it. I think I don't know. I, th- I think I think part of the reason why the Ravens front office probably don't are, are probably not franchise franchise tagging them or some to a long term deal because they have a quarterback a backup quarterback behind them, Tyler uh, Tyler Huntley, who plays similar like Lamar Jackson. So so Lamar Jackson doesn't really like the team. They were like, all right. Then we got Tyler Huntley, which Tyler Huntley, even though he didn't really win games really last year, but 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 he was still pretty competitive, and. Uh, I don't know, like Lamar Jackson, he's already like liking Dolphins tweets already, which I'm not really going to take that into too much consideration yet, but that's also kind of like kind of iffy. Which, 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 honestly, though, I can, I don't know. I do agree with you. I do agree with you, uh, Adam, that uh, I don't I don't see Lamar Jackson hitting an open market because that's very, very, that's very, very rare for quarterbacks like around his age because that, that never happens really. It's pretty rare, but they usually friends they tags him or they just sign him like long term. But that's what I think on this rating situation. Yeah, I just what I see, what I foresee happening is that they're going to just slap the franchise tag on him and then they get a deal done and he never hits the open market. And then that's they have everything figured out. So uh, that's just, you know, I, I don't I don't I don't think it's as big a deal as people think. I think that's what's going to happen. But if they don't get a deal done after putting the franchise tag on, ooh, there's going to be some drama starting there. Jackson's going to be pissed, and he's a he's probably going to leave in free agency. And at that point, he's spent six seasons in the open uh, with the Ravens, and he hasn't been paid. Six seasons in the NFL, a couple Pro Bowls, obviously an All Pro, a unanimous League MVP, and has not been paid. That's just. I mean, I have my I have my issues with Lamar Jackson and his play style. I don't believe it's a sustainable way to play, but the kid's been balling. There's really no no two ways about it, and he does deserve to get paid because of that. If you play well, you should be paid. So I could understand why Lamar is is a little unhappy right now, but I think that something's going to get done, um, and I think it's going to get done fairly soon. Uh, but if you guys don't have any other uh, any other takes on this? I would like to move on to uh, to Aaron's guest segment. So, do you guys oh, yeah. have any any other thoughts? Oh yeah, yeah, I got one more thought. 
I think I think like this this the person for me, I think the Ravens should do is that they need like they need to like actually give Lamar Jackson legit weapons because because I think I think if you do that, then, then I don't think Lamar Jackson won't be won't be as uh impelled to wanting to run all the time. You know what I mean? It will kind of like limit his running. I mean he'll still run because that's that's what he does. He runs, but I think I think it will help him a lot to make it balanced. So he's not always trying to like, like if Mark Andrews not open, he basically has to run. Kind of like how Josh Allen, like he's big. Obviously, he's bigger than Lamar Jackson, but they have an offense so he can just throw the ball so he doesn't have to run all the time. Trying to help balance, you know what I mean, so he doesn't get get banged up hurt all the time because because already with Lamar Jackson, he already has an ankle injury. He was out for like rest of the season. So, you know, like you never know. You never know what with, with course with, with running course, especially like Michael Vick. He was always hurt all the time. Can never stay on the field. And yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I just don't, I just don't, I just don't think that running corrects really last that long in the NFL, really, because because as soon as you run, as soon as you get like a big injury when your when your athleticism's gone, then then you're basically kind of toast. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. I'm not big on on rushing quarterbacks. They never last. I mean, look at Michael Vick. Look at even uh, even Cam, Cam Newton. Newton. RG three. RG three is a big yeah. example. Uh, I'm, I'm, there's one that I'm thinking. Colin Kaepernick, I guess you could mention, is one that didn't really that didn't really last. Um, early in his career, he had some success, but as defenses kind of started to figure him out, and as mm. his career went on, he kind of faded away. Went, things didn't go as as planned, um, and he's unfortunately not in the league anymore. Um, but yeah, um, I would like to move on to uh, to Aaron's to Aaron's guest segment. Um, so we are going to hit on the New York Jets. So Aaron's a big Jets fan. In fact, his email has Jets fan in front of it. Got to let people know. So we're going to get to that. How he thinks that season is going to go. Very young team, very up and coming. So we'll talk about that next. Don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88. I'm Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros, special guest Aaron Wise. So welcome to the guest segment of our show sponsored by Secret Weapon Consulting. For business plans, secret shoppers, bar spotting, server and manager training, and so much more, visit www.secretweaponconsulting.com. So Aaron is going to give us his guest segment where he's going to talk about the jets and how he thinks they're going to go do this season. So what do you got, Aaron? So, uh, I was, I'm a, I'm a jet fan. I've been a jet fan since 2009 when I was, when I was a young kid. And, um, personally for me, I just, as a jet fan, I just want to make the playoffs. It it would be, I don't know, like, like that's my goal as a fan. I just want to make the, at least make the playoffs because, 
me personally, I'm kind of tired of every single year when we start 0 and 4, then, 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 then all the Jet fans and stuff, we're already talking about draft season, proving the draft in the first round, and basically the season's already over before, before we really did anything. And then end of the season, we started showing up a little bit and went and then beat some, some good teams somehow. But I think this year, I think this year's a big year for the Jets because it's really going to show if I think personally, like if Zach Wilson is going to be the guy, even though he's not going to be playing right away, unfortunately, what happened in that Philly game when uh, he decided that he wanted to do some uh, a little highlight reel, I guess, he spun out and hurt his knee. And uh, with, speaking with Zach Wilson, I know it's just his second year, but I'm already getting some concerns. I'm not going to say he's going to be a bust. I hope I'm wrong. I don't. I, I want to be wrong for once by my team, <laughs> but um, I don't know. This is like this is like this is like his second knee injury in the same knee. This is like this is actually getting kind of concerning. His last year cured himself uh, against the Patriots last year when he got rammed in by I think it was the high tower guy. He hit him below in the knees, and then he was out for like four weeks. And then. Uh, and before before uh, before the season started this year, he uh, tore his meniscus. Unfortunately, um, the original thought we thought it was ACL tear, which thank guns it was no ACL tear. It was just a meniscus. But now, like, yeah, but now since he has two knee injuries in the same knee, it only takes one one move and then he his ACL this time. Like we got kind of lucky, but I mean, this is like a torn meniscus. Not it's still pretty bad, but um, so I think. So I think as the Jets, though, like, like our defense got better. We actually got some. We actually got some corners. Actually, like, could stay with receivers. Uh, we got the, the fourth overall pick, Sauce Gardner. I think he's gonna have a big year this year. Um, he's really gonna be tested this year a lot with a lot of good wide receivers. Like he has to face Stephon Diggs twice, Tyreek Hill, and uh, trying to remember who else. Like, there's a whole bunch. Like, like, like the Jets' schedule is pretty tough. So I'm not really expecting him. To make the playoffs this year, I want to be wrong. I want to make the playoffs, but I think I think the Jets will be like, uh, like maybe a best case scenario, eight win team, maybe nine win team, but like most likely, most likely they probably win like five, six games this year. Realistically, I just I just don't think the Jets are quite there yet. I think the Jets will probably steal some games that that the Jets aren't supposed to win because that usually what happens every year. Like in 2020, which I'm not gonna lie, I wanted the Jets to go 0 16 so we get Trevor Lawrence because I'm a Trevor Lawrence fan, but we didn't get him. And then we beat the Rams and the Browns. I just and then last year we beat the Bengals. That that game that game was insane. Like I was not expecting that. I was not expecting that Mike White game. But um, see, I think the Jets are gonna go like six and eleven. Personally, I just the schedules. I don't know. Like the schedules is way too brutal. It's just. I I, just, I don't see them. I don't really see them doing a whole lot. But but the biggest thing I want the Jets to do, they need to be more competitive. They need to be more competitive because like I've seen other teams around the league, like the Lions, for example. Even though they were a bad team, but they were like in the game. They were like in games to like to the fourth quarter. Like they were like it was like a seven point game or a three point game. They just couldn't get it done because they're a young team. While the Jets, they're usually like way out of it. Like they're like down by twenty and it's over, and then we're just like okay, well, next game. So yeah. The Jets, they just need they need they need to learn how to start winning football games. Because me personally, the Jet fan, I've seen too many, too many disappointments, too many, too many of this. Back in 2015, that was the last time the Jets were actually like a respectable team. 
And um, I don't personally for me as a Jet fan, if if the Jets want respect to the league, they got to beat some good teams. Like especially this week against Ravens, they're a good team. You don't you know they missed the playoffs, but they're a good team. Like like if 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 we want the NFL to take it seriously, we got we got to beat some good teams. And as you be competitive, like 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 if we want to be feared, we actually got to like come out and fight instead of basically playing. I'd say one good quarter, and they were like done. So that's basically my take on the Jets. But uh, they just they just need to be watchable this time. They need to be watchable. This last few years, they haven't really been, especially twenty twenty. That was probably the worst season I ever seen as a Jet fan. That 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 was miserable. That the Luke Fault games. Oh my goodness, I <laughs> I that that was that was awful. That was awful. That was like the worst. That's one of the worst football I ever watched. It was like worse than high school football at times. But um, and then we had Adam Gase. I don't really want to get too much with Adam Gase, but he he was bad. I, I already knew he was bad, but but yeah, that's my take on the Jets this year. Um, I I think six eleven is a is a fair estimate. I think. Um, I would like to be wrong. I want to be wrong for once by my team. I want to be wrong. I want I want to say, I want to say uh eight ten zero or something. But I know that's not gonna happen. But that's basically my take on the Jets. So. Yeah, I mean, they look. This year might not be the year for them. Probably not. They could. They. I mean, they. They could make the playoffs. I see them having a little bit better record than six and eleven, though. Maybe like, let's say seven and ten, eight and nine, maybe something around there, because they they do have some young talent. Just it's it's too early for them. But a couple of years down the road, I could certainly see them at least, you know, becoming competitive and maybe even contenders. So I am, I, I have liked what G, uh, new GM Do, uh, Joe Douglas has done with the team. His drafts have been pretty good since he's taken over, and we'll have just have to see how things go. Um, Zach Wilson, he th- this is going to be a year where he's going to have to prove that he he's better than he was last year because that that was a tough year for him, and of course. The infamous the uh, three-year window for a quarterback you draft, year three is going to be big for them. Year, th- year three is going to be big for them and that franchise because it, de- it determines whether or not they invest in the right guy or if they wasted three years of their franchise over a guy who turns out couldn't play. So that's going to be interesting. But CJ? Yeah, uh, when I look at the New York Jets, I see a team that had a really good offseason, and let's face it, they won the draft. Now, the pieces are slowly coming into place on paper, but I think we all know that on paper versus actual you know, game, game speed, very different. And I was never really high on Zach Wilson, but he's starting to have an offense form around him, so... I'm a little excited for what he can do when he actually comes back. I obviously don't think it's their year this year, but if Robert Salas is good as advertised, there's no reason why the Jets couldn't, uh, you know, couldn't develop some of these young players into some real superstars. Yeah, it, it, we'll have to see how things go with them. A lot of good young talent they have going around there, and a great draft they had. I mean, if all these players pan out, this is going to be great. They got. A gr- they got a great-looking corner with the number four pick. They got a, a good-looking wide receiver with the number 10. 10, it was? The yeah. number 10 pick. And then at, what was it, 31, 32? 
They got yeah. Jermaine Johnson as the as a pass rusher. So good looking draft for them. If they all pan out, then that's that's good for the Jets' future. And on top of the young guys who they already have, and they also drafted Brees Hall, who would be a first round running back if it weren't if we were drafting a few years ago. So uh, great stuff going all around for the for the Jets. Hopefully it pans out for them, and uh, we'll see what happens. But we do have to end the show here. So do you guys have any last minute thoughts before we end? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I got I got one more thing. I got a little bit more about the Jets, just a little bit. So, yeah. so me personally, though, like for for the for the for Zach Wilson, like there's really like no excuses why he can't pan out now because like the Jets, they're actually doing everything right that they're supposed to do that they didn't do with Sam Darnold because they because in uh let's say a 2018 when we drafted him, me personally, I don't think they should have even started him. I think they should have just sat him down and just let him watch Josh McCown, Teddy. We had Teddy Bridgewater. On a roster, but then, but then we traded it right before the season for some reason, and then, and then, uh, yeah, basically Sam Darnold, he had like no receivers whatsoever, so we kind of started on the wrong foot, no line, no running backs, and then they fired Ty Bowles, and when you when you fire a coach like that, then you got to learn a new offense, new scheme, new everything, and then the Jets they went on a spinning spree, which that kind of failed. They didn't really pan out. Then we drafted. A word we somehow draft not drafted. We somehow hired a words head coach in Tyrell somehow and Adam Gaze, and then we kind of know how that went. It it got more. It got to the point that Sam Darnold he was he was pretty much toast. But then after we got Adam after we got out of uh, after we got rid of Adam Gaze, we basically uh, you know uh, clean house, new new everything, new new players and everything. We we got everybody here. Year one, even new quarterback year one. So I, I think I think the Jets are actually doing are doing a good job here. So like, yeah. So like, I, I think the excuses are basically almost out of window for Zach Wilson. He actually needs to start playing, start playing, and start showing he, he could be something. Which I know, even though he was a rookie last year, but he actually did have similar uh, rookie stats as uh, Josh Allen. What which uh, Zach Wilson threw like nine touchdowns. 11 interceptions, a little over 2,000 yards, while Josh Allen had around that around that stat line, too. He had 10 touchdowns, 12 picks, and a little, little over 2,000 yards. So, I mean, even though, even, though, even though both courts are completely different players, but I, I start, I don't know, I kind of look at that stat, that stat line, and for me as a Jet fan, that makes me feel a little better coming this season. But, but yeah, that's all I got left with the Jets. Yeah, he's gonna have to. Sh- he's definitely gonna have to show some growth in the next two seasons, uh, in order for them to pr- for for him to prove himself. We can't have a Daniel Jones type situation where they're bringing him back after year four, where he's clearly shown that he's not the guy. Um, but um, thank you for joining us, Aaron. Pleasure to have you on the show. Great insight on the Jets. We love hearing your opinions. Let us know if you want to come back on the show. We'd love to have you again. Um, but yeah, thank, thanks a lot. It was great. Uh, but anyways, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Be sure to tune into us live Tuesdays and Fridays at 7.30. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at Fumbaruski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL Otherwise, we'll see you next week over and out.